Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Welcome to Tampering. We're this beautiful game of basketball that we all love and talk about every single day. Sam Tampering. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. A quick note on this week's episode of the Tampering Podcast from yours truly, national writer Sam Amick. Uh, we recorded this pod before Kyrie Irving, in true Kyrie fashion, decided to opt in to his Player option for next season, $37 million. Our Sham Sharania with the scoop. Kyrie going back to Brooklyn for next season. If you haven't somehow seen it, just a hell of a quote attached to the news about his decision. We will certainly be getting into that and everything that comes with it on the next episode of the Athletic NBA show. But for the sake of posterity, went ahead and published this version, which gets into the ins and outs of what might have been between Kyrie, Brooklyn, Kevin Durant, and the ripple effect around the NBA. If he had not made this choice, enjoy the show. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. To be able to bring uh-huh. people together. What do you do, baby? Reportedly at the center of an NBA investigation into tampering accusations. And the message to executives in the league is not talking about players on other teams. What did I do? The charges filed. Impermissible contact. Was right or wrong? Tampering charges are really difficult to prove. You know me, I talk. <laughs> awkward to even talk about. I can't even mention teams anymore. Actually, what I like to play with Kevin Durant. The trial, you're one with tampering. They're always ahead of the rules. Is that rock or something? I have tampered with the guys. I didn't tamper. I'm just telling you what happened. I'm just telling you what happened. Hello and welcome to the Tampering Podcast, part of the Athletic NBA Show Network. I'm Sam Amick, NBA National Writer at The Athletic, officially deep into the NBA offseason. We are going to break everything down today, not only the high-profile free agents, some of the guys in the second tier, the teams that are on the lookout to, uh, to make their rosters better, but as I sit here with the usual suspects, Mr. Anthony Slater, Fred Katz, Guys, we're going to get into the trade market as well, because as we know, you know, this is silly season. The trade deadline is one thing. It's always crazy that time of year, but there's nothing like the post finals quick pivot to free agency. Then you get reminded that it's just not as clean cut as, you know, the, the available free agents and the teams with necessary cap room. You, you get superstar situations and we're certainly going to get into that. We got Kyrie Irving. And Kevin Durant in Brooklyn. Um, Guys, this story is going to get louder. It's going to get bigger. Uh, I wrote about it today with our Nets beat writer, Alex Schiffer, and fellow national writer, Joe Varden. Uh, Be sure to check that out. But uh, I have not even said hello to you fine gentlemen. What's going on, boys? Is it it wrong for me to think that I, I still am believing that Kyrie and KD are going to be back with the Nets. And like, this is all from all sides still remaining somewhat of a leverage play. And, you know, there will be some kind of Kyrie contract worked out that he, he believes is maybe better than what's currently on the table. And the Nets feel like is a bargaining point that they can get to. I don't know. Or do you, are you of the it's belief? It's a fair now? question. Yeah. It's a fair question. And I mean, it's funny. Cause as we wrote that piece later, 
um, I kept telling Alex Schiffer, again, who's on the nets on a daily basis, that, and you know how it is when you're writing a piece and, and certain concepts kind of float in your head. To me, not necessarily the headline, but the idea of, you know, trying to frame the situation to your point was, is it leverage or is it legit? Like that was the phrase that I had in my head. And um, people around the league see it different ways. Um, I will say that, I mean, on the one hand, some people who have a vested interest in knowing what's happening do still think it's leverage. The Knicks, for one, and we reported this, there's a, a lot of, you know, substantive chatter that the Knicks believe that Kyrie Irving will be back with the Nets and that they and other teams are being used as leverage. Um, that being said, there's folks that, that are very close to it who are, man, they're just talking like like Kyrie's gone. Um, and, and with that comes, and I really think, you know, with zero disrespect to Kyrie as a ball player, but I can't get to the Kevin Durant part of this quickly enough because I think the idea that that it is seeming real, that, that Kevin might become available here at some point, um, you know, that's obviously the that kind of thing that would the be the story that, of the summer. That shifts yeah. the league more than Kyrie shifts the league. 100%. Not even close. Oh, yeah, because it's Hi, not Fred. even. Yeah. <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. No time for hellos. Yes. No time for hellos. I, the KD stuff shifts it way more, not just because he's Kevin Durant and one of the one, or he might be the best player in the league. I'm not 100% sold that it's Giannis, but he's like totally top three. We all agree. And like Giannis catching strays. All right. No, Giannis not catching strays. Giannis is amazing. Him and KD are the two best players. Let's just turn this into a debate on the top five. Who's your top five? (laughs) Where's my Mount Rushmore? I hate the Mount Rushmore thing because it's like all of a sudden, just because of Mount Rushmore, we started doing a top four, which is just so weird. It just helps so you don't have to say. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Get back to your kiddie point. Where's your Mount Mount Rushmore? What's your Mount Rushmore? Of Kevin Durant possible destinations. What's your mouth? <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Slater. But with KD, it's not just where's Kevin Durant going to go if he goes somewhere. It's also what's coming back for Kevin Durant because yeah. that, that that's going to be a massive haul. Also, I have a question about Kyrie, though. I remember, Slater, you were still on the Thunder beat in 15-16, right? Yeah. So you remember, remember at exit interviews, Serge Ibaka's exit interview when we were sitting there in the press room? And KD was about to hit free agency. And we were asking every single player as they went through exit interviews about KD's free agency. And Serge Ibaka had the iconic line of, where's he going to go? And he just kept repeating, where's he going to go? He's not going anywhere. Where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? And then, of course, Serge Ibaka and Kevin Durant left. Well, yeah, that that was Serge Ibaka was traded like to precede the Durant move. And it was just like, yeah. Exactly. I remember And I... I just kind of keep asking myself the, the Serge Ibaka question about Kyrie, which is like, where's he going to go? Because it's one thing if we really believe that Kyrie is going to take the taxpayer mid-level exception to go somewhere. And it's another thing if maybe a team like the Knicks is going to open up cap space. But, you know, there are reports about, you know, Christian Winfield from the New York Daily News reports about possibilities for sign and trades today. And it's like, who is who is really doing a mutually beneficial sign and trade where they're actually giving up good stuff for Kyrie given his last three years. And, and if they're not giving up good stuff, then why are the nets agreeing to the sign and trade? I just, I, I, I really, really struggle with figuring out that element of all this. That's very fair. Um, I think for one, as, as a related aside, and as somebody who's covered the league for a minute, 
can we just take a minute to realize like the man the mid the mid level ain't bad these days. I'm not saying Kyrie's gonna take it, but uh, you know, it feels like yesterday that the mid level was like five million. Well, that's like coming in at still the taxpayer mid levels still around like five six, but the regular mid level where you're correct is you know what eleven or something. Yeah, it's a little yeah, over. So time. obviously yeah. that one doesn't that doesn't apply to the Lakers and and like I wrote. You know, it's kind of like the Kyrie destinations, potential destinations, or the list is somewhat getting longer by the day. You know, keep your eye, eye focused on the Lakers. I do think that's uh, a focus of his, and that would be the cheaper mid-level. Um, so Kyrie tweets on Friday in classic Kyrie cryptic, cryptic form. Are you awake? You see everything that's happening, right? F what they think. It's legendary to be different. So... Thank you, Kyrie. Um, you know, that got people talking, like I said, but but maintain the mystery at the same time. Um, I don't know where it's going, but I do think it's pretty wild that Kyrie's last couple of years have been so unpredictable that he has successfully convinced people that he's capable of doing things that, that you know, that if it was any other player, we would say, no way. There's no way you're taking that kind of a pay cut. And then you have two schools of thought when it comes to where his head might be at. If you lost $17 million like he did last season because of your choice not to take the vaccine, you know, does that, you know, does that kind of lead to you thinking that, uh, that he's more than willing to lose money and he's going to do it again or that he's lost so much that it's time to kind of, you know, put a bandaid on that thing and, and, and get paid. Can we get philosophical for a second? Yeah. Because no something that, I remember around starting around the cap spike and, and this sort of conversation is only built up. People around the league talk more about now how like at some point players are going to be making so much money that eventually the money isn't really going to be a factor anymore. Like right. for, I get it. A lot of players are competitive and being a max player is, is totally an ego thing as well. But realistically, and people always want more than they have, and that's a part of human psychology since the beginning of time. But like, ultimately, if you've made hundreds and millions of dollars in your life, it's kind of the sane and rational thing to say, I'm just going to do what makes me happy. And at right. some point, players are not going to be deterred by... Oh, well, this is $30 million less than the other offer. And that's obviously, it would take an exceptional person to be able to do that. I think we've seen that Kyrie is exceptional in that way. It's not just the $17 million he gave up. He also lost his, uh, his deal with Nike, Nike deal. too, yeah. which is a yeah. lot of money. That's more than $17 million, I imagine. So Yeah, to me, the difference, though, is I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. And, you know, he is probably the guy that would if, if we're concocting a player, but what he's done to give up that money is like what he feels like is like a really powerful social stance. We can argue if it is or isn't, but like, you know, that is the reasoning behind giving up the other money. The reasoning behind giving up this money is just like, I'm mad at the Nets. I'm going to go play for the Lakers for the taxpayer mid level. Like to me, there's not like, I guess, I mean, I guess in his mind, he cocked a story of like, I'm standing up for myself, I guess, but well, let's get into this. And and like we teased at the top, we are going to get into the other free agents. And one who comes to mind is, you know, and again, we, we hit on this in our story is like, if the Durant thing is real, you know, one team that I have certainly been told that to think about and keep an eye on too is Phoenix, right? Because the Suns made the choice last summer not to give DeAndre Aiden his max at the time. James Jones, their GM, did indicate that part of his calculus was you know, the ability to keep certain doors open for superstar trades. 
And if you had two designated max players in Devin Booker uh, on rookie designated maxes, Devin and, and DeAndre, it would close certain doors. So guys, you look at the Aiden situation and out in Detroit, it appeared that he was going to have a max offer waiting for him, the kind of thing that would potentially take him out of Phoenix. But now reports from our Pistons beat writer, James Edwards and others are that, you know, the Pistons getting Jaden Ivey, having Cade Cunningham and some of the young prospects they have doing so well in the draft that maybe the max won't be there for him. Durant, by the way, is the big name there. They did. They swung the trade. They got him a young center. Right. Jalen Durant. Yeah. hundred percent. And now you look at, all right, how would the Nets potentially feel about a DeAndre Aiden, Mikhail Bridges deal? Uh, That's pretty damn good. And, And so some of those possibilities are there. And I think, you know, Phoenix is a place that does appeal to a lot of players, not only competitively now, but the fact that it's West Coast, it's warm, it's pretty close to L.A., um, you know, Miami is another one to look for. Uh, Atlanta, I think, would have interest. So, I mean, everybody's going to have interest. It's Kevin Durant. But the ripple effect and the point here is that Durant changes everything about the free agency landscape. Bring him yeah. back to Oklahoma City. Do it. 972 well, first-rounders. Let me throw it to you this way, then. Let's go down that road. Because re- there's a theme here. Reunions, right? Like, the reunion element of this offseason is wild. You know, Clearly, I think all indications are that a Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook reunion is not something that that, you know, is in the cards. Everybody continues to report and you hear that the Nets would not have interest in taking Westbrook back for Kyrie reuniting Kevin and Russ. So that reunion is a no go. Uh, I also alluded to in the piece that, you know, a Warriors Durant reunion does not appear to be in the cards. But then other ones, LeBron and Kyrie. okay, thumbs up there by all accounts, Um, you know. Durant to OKC. Uh, and and why don't you, I'll throw it back to you. Like, why don't you hit on that one a little bit? Uh, we know the history there. And, you know, I mean, is, is there any chance in hell that, that you think that has a shot? No, I was more saying that in jest. No, I would say there's, <laughs> I would say there's no way. I think Oklahoma City wants to, they don't feel like they're ready. I, they want to tank for another year and they want to maintain flexibility for 20, Victor Wembanyana, they're yeah, more interested. Exactly. Can you imagine um, a Wembanyana yeah. Chet? And uh, like like Usman Jeng from court, just like three seven plus footers. I was just trying to make sure I yielded. This is the OKC panel here. I've always hearing things. I've always thought that Durant might like swan song it in Oklahoma City, like later, later in his career. You know, when this Thunder rebuild is more mature, when KD maybe doesn't like right now, he wants to win a title, right? Oklahoma City's he'd be it'd be a fantastic storyline if he went to OKC, but who would he have around? Like they wouldn't win a title. So uh, I've always thought that maybe like down the line. Are there any dark horse teams that we think are just like sitting on assets? We mentioned Oklahoma City just because it's a team sitting on assets, but that's not a team that's actually going to trade for Kevin Durant if Kyrie bounces and and KD wants out. Like, is there a team that is sitting on assets right now that we think like? Would the Nuggets offer Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray and whatever else they have left? I mean, they're kind of devoid of picks. What about the Grizzlies? Like, he's got the thing with KD is this is not your normal if he wants out. It's not your normal like superstar once out and they have to trade him sort of thing because normally that happens with like two years left on a deal at most. And now KD's got four and he doesn't even have a player option on the last year. So a team like the Grizzlies, which just has all these good young players and all of these picks and all of these assets, like is that the time where you're just like, um, they've, they've been kind of risk averse, averse putting this core together. But is that a time where you're like, 
we're throwing KD into this mix? I think so. His desires are going to matter, though, because, he, you know, he's going to basically... I know he has four years left, and we talked last podcast about how he's kind of taking some of his leverage away by doing that. But if he's just telling whatever ex-destination he doesn't want to go there i feel like we're in the era where you don't want to trade for a guy who's unhappy if he's just going to come to here and be like i don't want to be here either trade me again so let's let's game that out though i mean i hear you in general but this is one that has been simmons ask in terms of the years he has left on his contract even more actually and at some point kevin durant wants to play basketball i mean if you if you did a deal with memphis um to me, I have a hard time seeing Kevin you know, holding out or not playing. That's a hell of a team. You know, John Morant wasted no time the other day doing his social media recruiting, and he tweeted, easy sniper. You know, pretty obvious what he's doing there. They do have the assets. And Slater, this actually crossed my mind the other day, and you're the perfect guy to throw it to, is in terms of narratives and, and where people's heads might be at, you know, Kevin uh, now is hearing all of this post-finals another Warriors championship, you know, commentary about what it means for his legacy and the Warriors getting it done without him, all of that type of stuff. What better way to, to create a new chapter than to join the young bucks who have been going at the Warriors in the kind of way that, 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 I mean, they continue to go at one another on social media, Draymond, Jaron Jackson, Ja, all of the above. Uh, I mean, the story would be great. And then it becomes obviously Memphis, you know, is not uh, on any player's short list in terms of business, you know, and off-court dealings. It's just not that part of the country. Which does um, matter to him, by the way. It's why, in part, he's in New York. 100%. 100%. And you're not, I'm just saying as an option where a team maybe takes the risk because the the way the Grizzlies cap sheet unfolds right now, they're, you know, if they continue with this core, even after trading Melton the other day to Philly, you know, they're going to have a ton of massive contracts coming up. So then the question becomes, you know, do you break that up and then take some of those pieces and, and take the big swing for a guy that is going to go down as one of the best of all time? I do think the takedown of the Warriors aspect and beyond that, just like winning, right? I mean, where he goes, he's going to want to feel like, hey, I'm going to a ready-made contender that will be one of the three to four elite teams. That's probably, you know, that essentially would be why he would be leaving the Nets. If if Kyrie's gone, his belief, not only, hey, my friend's gone, but hey, chances at a championship are gone. Um, so the takedown of the Warriors kind of, I, I know Memphis is kind of the hot new like rival that's bubbling with the Warriors, but you know, we mentioned the Phoenix earlier. Phoenix with KD's probably closer to taking the Warriors down. How about Boston? I mean, Boston, he was close to getting him back in 16. He's been intrigued by them. I mean, well, I don't know what that package would probably have to do with Jalen Brown. Um, you know, I don't know how interested Boston might be in that, but there are other places to me that would probably appeal to him from a city market perspective that would still hit on the checklist of, hey, I can play the Warriors in a playoff series and realistically believe I can beat them. Uh, that isn't Memphis. But I don't know. I mean, depends on how much control over the process he has. My guess is he'll have a lot of control over the process. Which is fair because he's Kevin Durant. But I, I just think the contract matters. Um, you know, I think I mentioned you know, Miami has, has been – in these chases for, you know, since the beginning of the Pat Riley era out there, they always start chase and they were with Kevin in the Hamptons in 2016, part of that group that sat down with him. Um, you know, so I think Miami hundred percent would be in the mix. Uh, and again, it's going to make this week really interesting. Free agency starts Thursday. It's already kind of begun. Uh, I think it's, you know, this whole thing is going to get bigger. 
Uh, unless you guys have any final thoughts there, let's pivot and try to go a little more broad with some of the free agency uh, class. Is, is that good? Or we, what do you guys think? I want Kevin Durant on the Grizzlies with Ja. Yeah. That's what I want. We'll be right back. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. It's not that. That's not what wins you the NBA Finals. It is the smallest edge that wins someone the NBA Finals. And because all these dumb talking heads have never done it, they don't understand it. Even the one that has done it don't act like he's done it because he's an idiot and a moron and wasn't really that good of a player. And so, I'm talking about Kim Perkins, by the way. Um, All right, gents. Um, let's figure out where you want to take this thing because Kyrie and Kevin are, are taking a lot of the oxygen in the room right now. But we do have other big-time names. A lot of them, where it seems like unofficially, we know what's going to happen. You know, James Harden on some sort of deal appears headed back to Philly. Bradley Beal, uh, Fred, unless you contest with your former Wizards beat writer, Chops, you know, um, a lot of folks thinking he's going to sign that five-year, $245 million deal with the Wizards. He's been telling folks, even publicly for quite some time, that his decision has been made. He just doesn't share it. Um, Zach Levine, you know, if I'm handicapping it, I think back to the Bulls. And then you get in the weeds a little bit. Yusuf Nurkic, and, and courtesy or thanks to Fred for a lot of the names on this list, you know, confidence in Portland that he's coming back. The Jalen Brunson one is is maybe – uh, worth getting into because it actually has a, you know, connective tissue to the Kyrie stuff a little bit. You know, the Knicks, for a lot of reasons, appear pretty confident that he's going to be coming their way. Uh, Mark Stein had a good piece the other day. Now at Substack, formerly ESPN, New York Times, um, kind of. And I'm a sucker for all the context. You guys know this as far as understanding the power players involved. So admittedly, I did not realize that. That I knew that Jalen's former agent was Leon Rose in New York. I did not realize that Leon had handed that client off to his son, Sam Rose. Um, and and then, then you've got Jalen's father, uh, you know, on the Knicks staff with Tom Thibodeau. So a lot of, you know, impossible. And it goes so much deeper than that, Sam. Let's go, Fred. Go down the rabbit hole. Rick Brunson. This is your team. So Leon Rose, now the Nick president right. of the Knicks, was formerly yeah. the head of CAA basketball, the agency. Leon Rose's first client ever was Rick Brunson, Jalen Brunson's dad. Rick Brunson played for the Knicks when Tom Thibodeau was an assistant with the Knicks and was apparently a Tibbs favorite because Tibbs loves defensive-minded point guards, as we all know. Rick Brunson was also an assistant for Tibbs with the Chicago Bulls. Rick Brunson was also an assistant for Tibbs with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Rick Brunson is now an assistant for Tibbs with the Knicks because they hired him like a couple of months ago. Um, and then you add the fact that Jalen Brunson is represented by CAA, Leon Rose's former agency, and the Knicks have, even before they hired Leon Rose, have shown to have a nice relationship. 
to put it mildly, with CAA and uh, is represented by Leon Rose's son, Sam Rose. Now, none of these things are reasons to sign a basketball player to play for your basketball team. They are, they are all reasons to maybe endorse him as a person, but none of them are reasons to clear out cap space to sign him to your basketball team. The Knicks really need a point guard, and they started to clear out space at the draft, dumping Kemba Walker. And right now, if they wave Taj Gibson, they can get about $16 million below the cap. That's not enough for Jalen Brunson. They have to get more. And and look, Mark Cuban made comments about uh, about Jalen Brunson at the end of the season when he did an interview with Mark Stein, and and yep. he he said essentially, we're going to pay him, uh, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how this goes. I think the people in Dallas are immensely frustrated with the way the Knicks have handled this, showing up to that Mavs Jazz playoff game with them kind of. Which, by the way, the media, and I think probably not to you know, far be it for me to get in the crosshairs of the New York media, but I think mostly New York media kind of missed that that little color and that subplot at that time, everybody focused on Donovan Mitchell and the idea that the Knicks were there recruiting Donovan Mitchell. I'm not saying that wasn't a nice little cherry on top, but, but it clearly was a Jalen Brunson visit. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think people, I've spoken to people around the league who were like, thought that was like, just who were really turned off by the Knicks yeah, doing yeah. that. It's AAU style a little bit. Totally. And it, there were a lot of people who were so turned off by the Knicks doing that. Um, but but this is like a real a real free agency battle for Jalen Brunson, and it's going to be really interesting to see what Brunson you know decides, especially because the Mavs had the opportunity to extend him for a contract that could have been as large as four for fifty five, and that would have been way less than what he's actually going to make now because I yeah. think he's going to get something at least in the low twenties and possibly in the mid twenties. I don't know Slater, you think Jalen Brunson is worth four years, a hundred plus million dollars? I think to Dallas, he kind of is because they don't really have an ability to pivot. You know, if, if he goes, they don't say, oh, this 20 something million that we were going to give Jalen Brunson. Let's go give it to unrestricted free agent X because I believe they're already over the cap. Now, it it maybe handcuffs him a little bit in the future as far as maybe trying to get a second star. And maybe if you were just looking with foresight for Dallas as they try to, you know, build around Luca. I think we're all under the belief that they still need like a legitimate two to get over the the hump. Um, and I don't think Jalen Brunson is that. So maybe it's unwise to, to commit that much long-term money into him, but in the immediate and, you know, Dallas was just in the conference finals and Luca's clearly surging into like top five territory in the league. Um, it's tough for Dallas to lose him for that. Uh, because it's just like you don't you don't replace that on their roster, but it's a yeah, it's a large price tag. And I would like, is this wise for the Knicks? Would be my question. Yeah, I was going to ask that question. <clears throat> it is interesting because even Kyrie with all his warts, um, it, you know, you, if you do the player comparison thing, you know, I mean, it's the the folks around the Knicks haven't been real shy to to say no, we're not looking at Kyrie right now, um, and their focus is Jalen Brunson. Um, Kyrie is, you know, I mean, I don't know how much uh, better of a player you want to, how you want to quantify it, but a significantly better player. Uh, and, and a guy that I think would, you know, be an impact player if he was there playing every day. And they are still looking at Jalen. And then, you know, you hear some chatter about Malcolm Brogdon as a plan B, uh, you know, via trade <clears throat> with Indy if, if the Jalen thing doesn't work. And, and I don't know what to make of 
handicapping it which direction or the other because you do hear some confidence from the Dallas side and then a ton of confidence from the New York side. So I think this one is going to be front and center for sure. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I mean, I don't know how much Jalen Brunson really moves the needle for them. They'll still have some amount of flexibility next year if they sign him for, say, 25 mil. I think they're going to have the ability to... You're talking the Knicks, Fred? Yeah, the Knicks, not Dallas. Dallas would be way over the cap. I think Dallas would would have to try to dump somebody's salary after re-signing him if they give him 20-something, whether that's like Dinwiddie makes 18. Well, my uh, question about that is why? Because Dallas is trying to win a title next season. Like, pay. Pay luxury tax. Who who are you just in the West Finals against? Sure, but you you could try to get off of like Bertans. Yeah, I guess. But being Bertans was kind of in mini rotation. Pay to win, Mark Cuban. <laughs> Pay to win. That here, is here comes the requirement. Here comes the checkbook championship beat writer. You know, we we pay in we pay in Otto Porter, Gary Payton the second, you know. Caval Looney about to get cashed Kavon out. Looney. Look at you, Slater. Well, yeah, I, you know Knicks, my point though. Like, I'm just saying, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, with the Knicks, no, you're with right. the Knicks, it's tough. I mean, they're they're especially they have got RJ Barrett eligible for his rookie scale extent, extension this fall and if they pay him massively like it's not totally your roster but now you've got rj barrett 20 plus million jalen brunson 20 plus million you might give mitchell robinson a nice 11 12 13 14 15 million dollar payday you've got julius randall for four years and 106 million dollars like you're, you don't really have max room with all of those guys together. And you've got some other guys who are coming off the books the next year who you like with with Emmanuel Quickly or Obi Toppin if he has a nice third year like a lot of people think he might. So it's it's going to be tough for them to have that sort of flexibility in 2023. Not impossible. They, they can create max room if they want to while still paying Jalen Brunson. But they're just going to have to kind of strip down their team if they want max room in 2023. Like, this is kind of your team, and you have to ask. They won 37 games last year. They were very young. I think some of the young guys can play more, which will help them, and can improve, which will also help them. But at the same time, you have to ask, like, is that is that a championship team, or is that like a team that could get the six seed, the five seed, and then lose in the first round again, you feel good about it, and there's not really that much more of a ceiling beyond it? I've said this before. I'm going to repeat it. I do. I love this time of year partly because to Slater's point about, you know, just pay a Davis Bertans and, and players like that is it's just got to be so challenging. You're, you're an owner and there is a lot of reason. I, I get it. When you look at a certain guy and you're like, all right, we're going to pay him five million. He's going to cost us 20 or whatever the number might be. I understand the calculus and why it's challenging. But then you look at the Warriors. You look at some of the moments they had in the finals that if they hadn't held on to Gary Payton the second, even after letting him go. Uh, I think about the Lakers, you know, they can justify uh, in terms of the economics, the choice to let go of Alex Caruso. But you look at that in hindsight, it looks terrible. Milwaukee got a little bit lucky in this particular department. When they win their title, Bobby Portis is coming up big and having huge moments. Um, You know, well, actually, I shouldn't say they got lucky. After that, they let go of P.J. Tucker, who was big during that run, Um, you know. And And went to a rival. Went to a rival. Yeah, I mean, these are... The moves yeah. on the margin. They got criticized that, for letting Brogdon walk. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's a good, yeah, that's the part where I guess you, you say they got lucky. They still won the title after that move. But you make these moves on the margins. And, and a lot of times the teams, the executives, the owners, they're guilty of trying to, to kind of peddle stories to the media like, well, it's just, come on, don't you guys get it? It's, you know, $20 million cost for this guy. 
Well, sure. But that dude might come up huge, um, you know, and, and I'm not exactly projecting this for Bertans, but players like that, it's just hard to know this time of year. All right, let's keep uh, making our way down the list. The Brunson one, super interesting, um, you know, ones that that jump out at you guys as I'm scrolling and and struggling to, to pick one here. For, feel free to jump in, guys. Which one are you uh, looking I, at? I here? didn't look at the list because, once again, I'm not doing the homework. I'm, I'm the bad kid in class. Damn, Slater. Uh, well, I mean, we're somewhat on the subject. I mean, we could talk quickly, Looney, Gary Payton, the second, because I do think they're they're important for, you know, the, the defending champs to retain. You mentioned how no important doubt. they were in the title run. And I was talking to somebody. I'm writing something more kind of denser about the Warriors free agency situation right now. But I, the Warriors are now near the point where it's every dollar is like nearly seven dollars. So you know, you were mentioning five million being twenty. The Warriors are at the point where, you know, do the math for me. Five million would be about thirty-five million, essentially. Ooh-wee. You know, eight million would be like near fifty. Um, and you know, that's we're talking probably Kevon Looney, Gary Payton, the second range when we're talking, you know, between five to 10 million. So if they retain both of them, that might be like a hundred million dollars of tax, additional tax. That's like some team's salary cap is like the Warriors trying to retain their like fifth and eighth men right now. Um, but they need to, and uh, trust me, the coaching staff really needs and wants Looney back. The, uh, core needs that established center back. And it's just somewhat of a curious situation where, I think Looney has some value league-wide, but I think it's pretty obvious to the league also that like Looney's preference is to stay, be a starting center, be in the comfortable spot, stay with the Warriors, stay in the Bay. So how willing are they, you know, teams to go after him if they believe he's going back where, you know, from what I'm hearing, like he's willing to leave if the Warriors don't pay him market value. But we'll just see if the Warriors are willing to do About, you know, teams coming for him? I mean, not to give too much away. I don't know what's in your piece. Yeah, the, my sense is there is interest, but like the the market kind of needs to formulate. You know, he's not. You know, we'll go through other names on this list, and we've already gone yeah, through he's a few. One of those guys who'll have to wait. Yeah, there. Are, and same with Gary Payton the second, who you know, as as Sam, I know you know, we both know it'll be in the piece. Like Dallas has some interest in Gary Payton the second, but. The Jalen Brunson thing is like front and center for Dallas, right? I mean, like that's as they go through their checklist, that's first. So, um, but the market kind of needs to materialize, but there are interested teams in Gary Payton II and in Kavon Looney. The trouble for both of them is they're clearly winning components of a team. They're not like stars that you're going to, hey, you know, you were great there, but come be number two in this situation. Nah, they're, you know, uh, role players. Uh, and you don't really overpay for role players typically, but they're very good role players in the right role. We'll be right back. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. 
Terms and restrictions apply. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. You good? The f*** wrong with you? Did you just win your fourth championship? What the f*** you worried about me for? What you mad? You mad because I'm doing it my way and it's having to work? I'm doing it my way. I ain't got to do it your way. I'm doing it my way. But look, forget the old media. Forget the new media. I'm going to stand by the old law, right? And the old law says, hey man, all that disrespect and all that whole shit. Uh, calling somebody a coon, man, you got me f***ed up, ain't nothing a coon about me, ain't no coon and ain't none of that, straight up, and here's the thing, right, we all know, dog. we all know, you all barking no bite, we know this, the NBA brothers know this, a lot of them talking behind you, behind your back with the whisper, they know this, they know you not gonna do nothing, this is proven, this is facts, we know that, so Boy. 
let's shift over to Charlotte. Um, curious if you guys have any thoughts on the Miles Bridges front. Yes. Yes. Oh, I got Fred excited. I like that. All right. Um, I love, I love, I love Charlotte. I loved watching them this year. They were so fun. All offense. With new coach, new coach, old coach, Steve Clifford coming their way. What are your thoughts? So, my uh, you my know, thoughts are if they let Miles Bridges walk without getting anything back, if they let him sign an offer sheet and they do not match, it is just like an embarrassing sign for the financial state and willingness of that franchise already. It's pretty clear that they were, you know, the short change situation with the coaching staff uh, is seems to be the reason why Steve Clifford is, is coming back there uh, and not Kenny Atkinson. And then like, w- this is your second best player. He's a young player. He's part of your young core. He's like Mal or he's LaMelo Ball's like alley-oop partner. Like I understand that, you know, we could, he might not be worth the full max if we just look at like production compared to like contract situation, whatever. But like you're the Hornets. This is one of your good draft picks. You're trying to build like you cannot let him walk regardless of price for nothing. That would be. So let a real quick contextualize some of your uh, Charlotte perspective, which I'm assuming is colored by the Kenny Atkinson subplot. You know, Kenny uh, appeared headed for the Hornets, was going to be the head coach of their team chose to stay with the Warriors and you know I know he has cited um you know family reasons things of that nature but there there has been a lot of noise about you know how did the discussions go regarding coaching staff uh, you know and 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 really in general the the healthiness of the franchise and and when you're a head coach those are the types of things that you have to take very seriously what what are your kind of views there yeah I mean and Jake Fisher put out the put it out first about the coaching staff but like the fact that not only was it it pretty clearly that, um, you know, how much w- money is willing to go into to, to getting assistant coaches, but also they, you know, they had guys from Borrego staff that were still under contract that I just didn't think they wanted to let go because they owed them money, right? Uh, and it's just, I don't know, it's, you just get rumblings that there's somewhat of just like the penny pinching of Charlotte, which is, by the way, like this is not a new thing. I mean, we all kind of know that's reputationally what it's been for a long time around there. Slater's just out there in big tech San Francisco, just just crapping on every <laughs> single place that can't just spend First of all, all they want. Where 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 is he, Fred? Are you sure about Slater being in big I'm in well, small well, market he's, Sacramento? He's talking, he's talking on behalf of big big tech San Francisco. Just small market Sacramento who just went out these. and paid for their coach. Let me tell <laughs> yes. you. Yes. Yes. Well, I agree with everything Slater said about Miles Bridges. Who, Fred, by can the I way, jump in super fast? Yeah. I apologize for interrupting. Uh, a historical aside, because you're giving me a flashback here, Slater. Um, remember when the when Charlotte um, hired Mike Dunlap back in the day to be their head coach? Yeah, this is this is the deep Amic days. I'm not sure. Go ahead. I, I wrote a tough column while at uh, SI.com about that hire and cited the economic stuff. Um, and it was one of the, how do I say this without bringing all the MJ smoke is the only time in my career, uh, I've never really dealt with, with Michael at all. Um, but I got a phone call from the Charlotte side, uh, and they were very frustrated. They did not, they did not enjoy the conversation after the fact realized for a number of reasons that I feel confident about that, uh, that I think Michael himself was, uh, I was put on speakerphone and he was in the room essentially, you know, contesting the idea that they, uh, that they were being cheap on the head coaching hire. And it's just wild to me to think that, you know, I don't fully understand 
the economics of their ownership situation. And we all know that Michael got in relatively on the cheap back in the day in terms of the way that he became the lead owner. Um, but th- this trend and this theme is something that has dogged them for quite some time. And, you know, they push back on it. Then it was true. They push back on it. Now it seems like it's, it's true. So to your point, to bring it back to free agency about miles bridges, hell of a player. And dude, this is a, a, a league where we just got reminded in the finals in the playoffs, the defense matters quite a bit. And this guy plays both ends of the floor. So, you know, you might not love the price tag, but you can't lose. What that are guy. you telling LaMelo ball? What are you telling LaMelo ball? If you, if you don't bring him back. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. To start going the, uh, Kyrie route, if you will. All right. Let's keep going through the list that Slater didn't look at, but Fred is an expert on Fred. Where does your mind go next? I will say if I'm Detroit, I'm making a max offer to Miles Bridges if I think I can have him. Hey, hey, I like that. He, he, I, 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 I know there are the eight and rumblings there. I don't know how that's changed after they traded for uh, Duran on draft night, but I think Miles Bridges makes a lot of sense with that roster. How about a team fits their timeline? And how about a team like the Thunder, who's just been living with this like out just gobs of? But cap they don't space. have space. They, it's it's sopped up. Yeah, because they're paying Kemba Walker like a gazillion dollars. Because oh yeah, they have Kemba Walker's as as I've said many times. The only person guaranteed to be on the Thunder next year is Kemba Walker's cap hit. <laughs> uh, let's can we can uh, we talk according Aiden? to ESPN's ESPN's Bobby Marks, uh, the Thunder seventeen million. Yeah, that ain't below the tax. Yeah, because they have yeah. well, well, they have uh, but but above the cap, they have yeah, above, they have yeah, uh, that's below the Shea tax. Alexander's max. Max extension kicking in and, and Kemba Walker's almost max number in between those and the rest of the salary, they're actually over. That's why they had to use their their space by draft night. But can we talk Aiton? Because that is a fascinating situation. Yeah. I mean, you would think just based on surface level, number one pick, and also not just the number one pick, but kind of famously the number one pick over a guy who we all reference that he was the number one pick over in Luka Doncic. And it turns out he's a really good player, DeAndre Ayton. And he is really, and he's a really good player in, in a way that you would want a guy in that situation to be a really good player. When he came into the league, he couldn't guard a lick. And now he's a legitimately good defensive center. He was a guy who was kind of old school, post up, going to get his own, that kind of stuff. And they build this ecosystem around Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and he adapts. He adapts to playing with those guards, and he becomes this extremely efficient uh, scoring center. And I I really genuinely believe he has the skill set to do a lot more than Phoenix has him do, but he plays with Devin Booker and he plays with Chris Paul, and it just doesn't make sense for the way their team is constructed. Uh, and and he really seems like he's taken that role. I know there seemed to be some, some personality back and forth there. I don't really know what it's about, but there seems to be something going on there. But he does seem to have taken that role and really, whether he's embraced it to the degree that the Suns want, he has certainly thrived in it, and he's become a really, really good player. Normally, in that situation, especially when that propels you to 64 wins, you re-sign that guy. But it sounds like the most likely scenario is he's going to end up going somewhere else, and I don't think it's going to be a situation where he signs an offer sheet and the Suns don't match. 
I think the most realistic situation, if he were going to leave, would be some sort of sign-in trade. And that's something we see now. We don't really see guys sign offer sheets anymore because teams giving out the offer sheets and teams losing the potentially losing the player, it's just a it's a pain to have to go through an offer sheet situation and and wait those days to find out the and situation, hold up your We cap. can be real about it as we sit here on the tampering podcast. Like teams find ways to get clarity on what would happen if I gave offer sheet totally to X player. But what we see happen is before the offer sheet actually comes both teams say let's work out a sign and trade so we can con- so we can compromise here you don't have to deal with a with an offer sheet and you don't have to lose two or three days of flexibility and then we can get a little something back and we can work it out and i think there are a number of sign and trades that would that would kind of make sense uh and and i'm just i'm fascinated by this whole situation it's it's super weird how it's all I'm played out so here's what I can add. Um, as far as the Sun situation, I think you know, we, we've already talked about a bunch of players that that essentially have their, uh, I don't need to say it disrespectfully, I have no problem with this happening. Like they get uh, offended, if you will. I was going to say in their feelings. It's not, they just get offended because they don't get the contract offer they think they're worthy of. So DeAndre last summer doesn't get the max. That bothers him. He was told it wasn't just not getting the max. He had high ranking people uh, you know, including one who owns the team, making it clear to him directly that, you know, that, that we don't see you as a max player. Um, and that sticks in your head. You know, we talk about Charlotte. If you go back to when Gordon Hayward was back in Utah, what happened? They didn't give him the offer he wanted. He didn't forget. He left. Um, Jalen Brunson is going through that now. He doesn't forget that the Mavs, you know, handled his extension negotiations the way they did. Now, you know, you got teams looking to break the bank for him. He's not going to forget. That's a big part of the Aiden story. Now, spinning it forward, and what I am a little surprised by is that we're not hearing much Rudy Gobert chatter just yet. And I bring him up because there's only so many teams that are willing to swing big for a big like an Aiden or a Gobert. And to me, I think you're right, Fred, that like the Aiden future, if it's not in Phoenix, is likely via sign and trade somewhere else. And so the Jazz conceivably would need to be in on some of these situations where Aiden might land. I mentioned Brooklyn before, um, you know, things like that. That's that's what's happening right now. And I think that the other part of here is with the Suns and James Jones, his history with the the Heat and his Miami Heatles background, where they had LeBron, D Wade, and Chris Bosh. Um, I'm convinced that James has a vision for this Suns team that while DeAndre did fit in wonderfully last year and then won all those games, I just get the feeling that he's looked at this and, and kind of envisioned and dreamed or dreamt rather about something where you had another wing. Uh, I mean, as we go back to the Durant thing, like that would be, I think, incredible. So a lot to unpack there, but I think the Aiden thing, like you said, is, is really interesting. How much, Sam, do you think that this just has to do with finances for Phoenix? Like we talk about that in Charlotte. That's always been an issue in Phoenix. And it wouldn't necessarily be for finances for the 2022-23 season. But if you look at like 23-24, you're paying Devin Booker $36 million. You're paying Chris Paul $31 million. You're playing Mikael Bridges $21 million. If you give Aiton a max... Then his max starting salary is like uh, is like thirty million, and by then he's going to be making a shade more than that. You're going to have an expensive roster. You're you're probably realistically going to have to pay the tax. And that next year, by the way, for 2024, Devin Booker is an unrestricted free agent. You're going to have to max him out, and that max starting salary is going to be 
you know, an absurd number and you're still going to have all those guys on the books. So Sam, how much do you think this has to do with just like two years down the line, they have to pay the tax. And this is a team that historically has been adverse to that. I think it probably plays a significant part. And I think it also speaks to the two schools of thought within the league among owners regarding max players. It's, it feels like you still have some teams where the calculus is, do I see this player as a max player? Meaning, I mean, I don't know what you want to call it. Top 20, top 25. Do I see this player as that? And if I don't, then I lose sleep at night giving that player a max contract. You also have other owners who look at it the other way. I, it's easy for me to say it's not my checkbook, but I would argue this is the more appropriate, accurate, proper way is that, you know, the system that the NBA has created in, you know, inherently means that the LeBrons of the world, the Chris Pauls, the Giannis the Kevin Durant's, they are all underpaid. The max contract, you know, is, is putting a ceiling on what those guys make that does not reflect the revenue that they bring in. So, you know, sure, it might bother you that DeAndre Ayton and Kevin Durant conceivably are in the same sentence as max players, but I, I think you're looking at it wrong. And I think that you do have some owners who feel like if you're going to hand, hand out a third max, that I'm only doing that if you can damn near guarantee me that I'm winning the entire thing, which obviously no GM, no front office can do. So it's that's where their jobs get tough. I think Atlanta is like prime to go crazy, right? <laughs> I like, that's I, a although good that was right like there. the rumors yeah. pre-draft. That's been the rumors for a while. It hasn't happened, but it just... I think you're right, though. Yeah, something's coming there, I think. Well, I mean, I mentioned the, the likely Durant interest. Um, you know, I wrote about the John Collins stuff the other day. Thought that might happen heading into the draft. Um, you know, the Kings were in there. A bunch of other teams were in there. You know, John is still obviously a piece that is going to be very attractive. I, you know, Brooklyn, I think, would, would have interest in if they talk to them about something there. Uh, I don't know what it looks like, but you have a, you know, a group that obviously, you know, we, we know the whole backstory, um, you know, overperformed two years ago, gets to the conference finals, underperformed last year. You know, pretty candid public perspective coming from their GM, Travis Schlenk, over the course of time when, I think it was last summer where I'm sorry, early this season, last season when he talked about, you know, essentially having some regret, having handed out some of the contracts they handed out. And then now, um, you know, call it pressure, call it motivation. They for sure want and need, I think, to make a big jump. Um, so I'm with you there. And Atlanta as a market is always an interesting one. I, I would love, you know, maybe we, we should grab a, a high level player at some point, have them on the pod and, It'd be a fun conversation to have where you analyze markets and, and kind of separate fact from fiction on how players see markets, just not basketball wise, but business wise. Because to me, Atlanta is an interesting one. I, I get that it's not New York. It's not L.A. But, but what is it? Where does it fall in the tier in the minds of, of most high level players? The answer to that question, I think, matters a lot for the Hawks right now. I think it's high up there, by the way, uh, you know, as far as markets go now basketball situation has never appealed to a ton but if you're like a kevin durant like i could see he knows the gms travis slank was there uh you know travis and dan martinez were with the warriors durant's first season yep. there um and trey young he knows from his oklahoma days like that'd be i feel like that would be i you know again speculation but Not i feel only like that, i would probably that would i i probably 
you know, maybe shrug at that subplot a little bit because it feels like a stretch to be talking about, you know, Trey being in high school and Kevin being an NBA yeah, star. Yeah, no, no. Trey, Trey Young used to, used to, I mean, he was the big thing when he was at Norman North. I was writing for the Norman Transcript. There you go. Check me. Trust Check me. the non-Oklahoma are, guy. You are, you are talking to the person who was literally <laughs> at the Norman Transcript when Trey Young was in Norman North pulling up from 42 feet. And we had a columnist at the, at the Norman Transcript who like, uh, went all in on Trey pulling up 42 feet in high school games. And Trey's dad came out and said he wasn't going to go to OU because. All right, Fred. Because it was why in the were paper. You t- there is, you there were focused on the wrong. You were focused on the wrong reunion before then. You were talking Durant OKC. There you go. It's the Durant Oklahoma reunion actually takes place in Atlanta. And exactly. let's add another layer to it. You know, this is me. I'm, I'm going to try to be a sports psychologist at some point because I love this stuff. But like. The Trey Young component is like, let's call him mini Steph Curry, right? Like Trey's always been compared to Steph. You you know, Kevin can go to Atlanta. He can be the guy because his star is just a fact, just shines brighter than Trey's. So you don't feel like you're you're playing second fiddle to anybody. And uh, if you find a way to to take the the Hawks and, and have them beat the Warriors, that's a hell of a story. Very KD Westbrook vibes with those two together, though. With the way that Basketball Trey plays. Was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just with the way that... With the way that Trey plays. I mean, obviously, yeah. Trey Trey's shot profile is completely different from Westbrook's, but in terms of just like high high ball, high pick and rolls from from the top of the key every time and 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 just super ball dominant and kind of he's going to run the offense and he's awesome at it. Uh, but that would be an interesting basketball adjustment, no question. Uh, but yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta can sneakily make really good offers for a lot of really good players. They have good young players. I agree. All right, gentlemen, there is going to be plenty of time to keep diving in. Uh, by the time we talk next Monday, um, we are going to be, what is that? I'm not, my math is bad. That by is the, July four 4th. Days, four days into free agency. We're going to have plenty to talk about. Phones are going to be ringing. Money's going to be getting handed out. Not to any of us, but that's okay. We're, we're punching that clock. And, uh, and it'll be fun. Appreciate you guys. I know you got to bounce. Thank you to the listeners as always. And we will talk to you next week. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. 
See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.